0: Hi, I'm Melissa and welcome to the Mummy Warriors podcast where we can normalise the conversation of motherhood and delve into issues that are quite often swept under the rug. Join me every single Tuesday for a brand new episode with a brand new topic. This is a Mummy's Club you want to be a part of. Hi, and welcome back to the Mummy Warriors podcast. I'm your host, Melissa, and today I'm joined by Nadine, who is a mum of three and a family vlogger. Nadine will be sharing her journey of giving birth to her son, Harvey, at 25 weeks, and raising awareness of life after NICU. Nadine, welcome to the Mummy Warriors podcast. It's a pleasure having you here today. Hello, Melissa, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time out to be here today. So (laughs) firstly, I'd love you to tell our listeners about yourself and who you are
1: i'm 24 i'm a stay-at-home mom to three children two boys one girl i also study um photography and i'm hoping to eventually grow a business from it and i used to uh own my own candle business but had to put a stop to that due to the early arrival of um our son harvey so
0: i want you to share your story of having to give birth to your son at 25 weeks and the weeks that led up to you giving birth,
1: yeah, no worries. Yeah, so Harvey was born um, early due to a few different complications. Um, I was deemed high risk when they discovered PROM, which is premature rupture of the membranes. I uh, had not virtually no fluid around baby by twenty weeks. Um, before then, I was having some bleeding on and off. A few of the bleeds were quite um, big and scary. Mm-hmm. I don't um, I don't think my, my, myself or my partner will ever be able to forget like how traumatising some of the bleeds were because they were, yeah, they were quite big. Right. But,
0: um,
1: yeah, after our 20-week scan, we were sent down to Adelaide, uh, which is five hours away from where we live in um, Wyala, South Australia. Um, we stayed at the Ronald McDonald house for about a month before... Harvey's early arrival. In that time, we spent about three weeks in hospital on bed rest from um, having continuous bleeding on and off. In that time, I had to have um, some transfusions, some steroid injections to help uh, baby's lungs develop if he were to come early, um, and tested constantly just to make sure all of my blood levels and that were okay. Mm-hmm. Um, while I was down there, the MFM team, the maternity fetal medicine, picked up that my placenta was looking quite funny and starting to detach away from the wall. So I had a subchronic hematoma that ended up being a lot bigger than uh, my baby. And for those who don't know what hematoma is, it's when the blood starts to pull or clot surrounding the embryo. this usually resolves itself by a couple of weeks or even a month but mine didn't and usually this happens in about three percent of pregnancies Mm -hmm. and it's a quite common abnormality to be uh to pick up um I had one with my daughter but it resolved itself quite quickly so when we first found out about it I guess we weren't really worried because of have obviously already been through it before and just thought it would go away right right Um, But by our next scan, um, Harvey also had uterine growth restrictions and he was behind in growth by two weeks. And then to top it off, my cervix was uh, quite short, measuring about two two millimetres. So there was quite a few different complications that they were worried about. Mm -hmm. So from there on, we had to, I guess, make an action plan and to try to hold on to baby for as long as we could because every week was just so important, like even every day was important because that means the baby was growing more and there would be less complications um, How whether how early he was born because at first <clears throat> when we were prepared for it all, we were told like worst comes to worst he would be in a wheelchair and he wouldn't have very much, um, not like value to life, but he just wouldn't really be able to right. do much.
0: Right.
1: Um, so, yeah, we, they um, even asked us for about three weeks if we wanted to have an abortion. Um, we were given that sort of option, but we we just wanted to um, hold on and just try to give our baby a chance. By 25 weeks, you could see that he was draining everything from my body as he was trying to survive. At 6am in the morning, the day before his arrival, um, I took myself to the hospital due to noticing some change in the blood that was leaking out at the time. But... Um, Other than the abnormal discharge, when I'd write to the hospital, I had no other symptoms or anything. I felt fine. But once I got into the emergency ward, they took my temperature and put me into quarantine. I had a temperature of 39. So, of course, being in the middle of a pandemic, I was treated as if I had COVID. Right. (laughs) Yeah, so I was put in a room on... I guess quarantine or whatever um, for a few hours I had uh, no visitors allowed Um, I guess so in that time I just tried to sleep off um, trying to not worry or feeling scared being away from my family and not knowing what was going on. Um, By the afternoon the results had came back and they were obviously negative Um, I knew I didn't have COVID, but they had to obviously take precaution. By the afternoon when the results came back, they were um, obviously negative, but they had noticed that my infection markers were rising uh, in my blood test that they had taken. And the next morning they done another blood test to just wait and see if they were rising or if they were staying the same. And, yeah, so by the morning they had skyrocketed. And they were um, quite worried. I had chorioamniosis. I think that is how you pronounce it. So, yeah, ignore it if it's wrong. (laughs) um, That's a serious bacterial infection in the membranes that surround the fetus and amniotic fluid, uh, which can start making the body septic. Um, And it affects about 2% of pregnancies. And once diagnosed, the baby um, should be delivered right away. And it's one of the main reasons for uh, premature births. So after 10am, Harvey was born 610 grams, very tiny, via emergency classical C-section under general anaesthetic. I had to have a classical C-section because... Being so early, he was breech, and um, that was the safest way to get him out. Because it was a C-section, I was alone um, because of COVID and how many people needed to be in the room. I think there was um, 18 nurses all up, not just nurses, doctors and paediatricians ready for Harvey to come out. And um, so he couldn't be in there with me. And um, at the end of it, after the procedure one of the midwives made a comment that they could barely even remove my placenta as it was falling apart like tissue the infection that was in my body just completely destroyed um, my placenta and obviously
0: just slowly starting to shut down my body it flows so in effect was you was you kind of like your your body was literally shutting down as in yeah
1: it was shutting down becoming septic because of how um how long the infection had been Mm. in my body and I obviously didn't even realize that Mm. I had an infection because other than the temperature I wasn't showing any other symptoms I guess
0: and also when you said that um when you delivered your son so no one close to you was actually present it was just medical staff that that's all you had around you yeah
1: yeah so it was quite scary when um when I was like like laying down and they were prepping me for surgery and getting ready um I don't think it really hit me until they were putting the um gas mask on my face to put me to sleep and the lady said to me you know don't worry when um when we pull like Harvey like the baby out we'll put him on your face and like let him like give you a little kiss or something and after that I just started like bawling my eyes out while he's like they've got this little gas mask thing on my face Mm. and then that's when um they finally put me to sleep and that's all I can really remember after that other than waking up in agony
0: (laughs) right because of the c-section I'm assuming and the with the I suppose the affection didn't really hurt it just was the fever that you had
1: yeah, no, no, I didn't, ha- couldn't, did not tell at all that I had an infection. So I, I guess I'm really lucky that I went up there when I did, because if it was any longer, like a couple of days or something that I had left it, the infection would have um, killed my baby wow. and potentially could have killed me.
0: Wow. And literally, did you have this with your other previous pregnancies as well? Or was it just this? just
1: just this pregnancy Um, yeah we've never experienced anything like this um before I had a a high risk pregnancy my first one but that that was a normal pregnancy until about 28 weeks I went for a extra scan to check that um I didn't know the baby spine was okay because they were worried about spinal before bifida I think that's how you pronounce it yes yes but they picked up that he had a diaphragmatic hernia uh which means his intestines were up where his heart and lungs were and um they were pushing on them so he needed to have a major surgery once he was born so that's that's the only other really experience that we've had all of this was very new and obviously
0: scary yeah And i've just sort of seen some of the the notes that you sent through and you said that they tested your placenta and basically this situation only occurs in one in 1200 placentas which sounds so rare um i could be wrong but it just doesn't sound like it's something that's so cause that's so common
1: no well that's what um when i had that conversation with the midwife afterwards they said that it's a really rare Rare thing to happen. They don't understand how it had happened, and they but they think that it, it wouldn't happen again, which was obviously a good thing. Um, but yeah, they just there's not even really that much research behind it because I've tried researching it myself, and there's not a lot of information that comes up about it.
0: Right, and also here I'm also reading. It says he said the way the doctor described it is that your body was trying to miscarry your baby the whole pregnancy but because he was so strong and resilient he was able to at least come up to 25 weeks and then you said he spent the five months in hospital was that just because because he was so early or was there complications with his birth
1: yeah so because he was so early but in that time um Cause some of the babies that go in there come out early and they're leaving before their due date because they just, they, they're strong resilient little babies. All of them are, but Harvey just had a couple more complications after he was born. He had a, he had eye disease. He had a liver disease. He's got a lung disease. Um, he had bleeding on his brain when he was born. Um, he had issues with his feeding um that was just yeah he just took a bit longer than some other babies to to recover from everything that
0: he went through I guess. I bet he still managed at least to go through it even was you still in the same sort of mindset when he was in hospital for those five months like Feeling the battle like you were still pregnant, or did it kind of make you feel a little bit more relaxed because he was out of the room and he was now here? And- I
1: definitely had a like. I know it's not good that he was born early, but it definitely gave me some relief knowing that he was like still like fighting, but he was okay. Like they could look after him; it wasn't just my um mm-hmm.
0: my body. Because I know that you said. As well, you said you felt like your body had failed your baby and that basically the experience took away the enjoyment of your pregnancy.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, I definitely feel like it took the... The whole experience away because you know you look forward to the especially like the last couple of months when you're nice and big and you're feeling all the kicks and movements around inside of you but then when you're just watching them I guess grow and develop in a little box what doing the things that you should be able to do it definitely is disheartening and takes a lot to be able to um, cope with and I guess watch him Right.
0: yeah yeah definitely and I suppose as well you've obviously got other children as well so the natural worry that you have with your the kids that you have and then this newborn baby that's <gasps> literally got to who's fighting for his life basically um yeah the, the trauma of that it, it must have been life-changing really um yeah what has inspired you to want to raise awareness about high-risk pregnancies and NICU and premature babies?
1: So I guess the um, experience overall was like new to us like I was saying and um, when we were going through it all, all I did was just spend hours on Google and blogs and Instagram searching up different hashtags or yeah different keywords to just find someone that was having a similar experience as us and it was there's I feel like just not many people talk about it because obviously it is a lot for people to go through but those stories that we did find and that we could read that were happy endings and that they helped us yeah. um, cope with it yeah and just some reassurance that everything was going to be all right so I guess that's what sort of inspired me to try and raise more awareness about premature babies and everything that they go
0: through. What advice can you give to mothers who have been through and are going through something similar to what you've been through?
1: So no, I really strongly believe that if you feel like something is wrong in your pregnancy or even with your child that you need to stick to your gut instinct and fight for some answers that you need. Like at first the, the experience is daunting and you feel lost, confused and like the days never-ending and it definitely feels like it's impossible to get through. But it's an experience that you will never forget, and it shows you strength that you never knew that you had. So I guess just hold on, find the right support, and stay positive, because the miracles that are born in NICU are definitely fighters. I remember, like my partner would say to me, even when we were with my first born. Um, like right now it feels like it's impossible but in a month's
0: time we'll look back and wonder like why we were ever ever worried Mm -hmm. you know like it's yeah and how is how is Harvey doing now how is he how is he meeting his milestones and is he coming on much better now or
1: we spent a couple weeks uh back in hospital after his first birthday um, due to him having some aspirations so getting fluid on his lungs and it turned into pneumonia and he just wasn't coping too well and had to require some more oxygen uh-huh.
0: um,
1: he also was quite low in his um, iron and his blood level so he was anemic and um he was quite lethargic all the time so once we got um some iron back into him he's starting to develop really well now we were a bit worried because he was still like a little baby like 12 months old and still wasn't sitting up or waving saying much really he um but now he's yeah sitting up waving starting to roll says mum and dad which is really good so hopefully now that his iron and we're getting on top of the aspiration, we'll see some uh, big progress in him.
0: Well, I think you must feel so proud that he's like hitting his milestone and saying "mom" and sitting up and rolling, especially from yes. where he was coming from like over a year ago to what he is doing today. And you must be so proud of him, and he's so yeah, strong definitely. as well. He definitely looks so strong. I've seen. Some pictures of him on Instagram, and he's so he just looks so strong. And you know, for what he's been through in his little tiny space that he's been here to, yeah, so resilient is amazing on his part as well. So tell us about what inspired you to create a family vlog. Blog.
1: So yeah, I was inspired to start writing about our family's journey and I guess everything that Harvey went through as a way of uh, healing and coping. Um. As I said earlier, when we found other people's happy endings in their stories, it was quite reassuring for us. So I hope now that our story can be support and someone else's survival guide, I guess, through their high-risk journey and their NICU journey with their baby.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's quite good as well because there's not that much awareness about it or people don't really speak about it at all. I guess mainly because of the trauma of it all you know but the
1: yeah fact of course
0: that are like yourself and other mothers that are willing to share for those that are too scared to speak about it it would offer them some comfort so I think it's amazing putting out content that other people can relate to that aren't you know usually mentioned or you know, yeah. don't see that much about um but I would love you to tell our listeners where they can find you and find your family blog.
1: So I'm mainly on Instagram and I ha- have a Facebook page under Our Salty Days. And we share everything about our journey um, with Harvey and even now what we do with our day to day life. And yeah, just to guess some more detail and insight into our family adventures.
0: Amazing. Well, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time out, Nadine. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and sharing your story. I'm pretty sure that everything is only going to be positive and you're going to go from strength for strength. So I really do appreciate you taking the time and sharing your story with us and our listeners. And yeah, all your details will be in the description of the podcast
1: no thank you melissa hope you have a great day and yeah thank you for everything um we've trying to raise more awareness about people's stories and that it's great
0: thank you for listening in to this week's episode feel free to leave a comment like and share this episode if you want a chance to be a guest on the show all you have to do is send me a dm on my instagram which is at the mummy warriors see you next week